What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right Rug Flooring. My name is Alex, and I love it when people make me laugh when I'm sad. I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right forever. Yeah, I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right forever. We're in 2015 right now, and I'm dating a girl. And uh, we had been dating for like two months. And I remember, this is just backstory so you can understand how painful it was for me. I was in New York City and she wanted me to fly home for this concert. I flew home a day early from my New York City trip. I go to this concert and she's there with another guy and goes backstage with that other guy. This is after almost two months of us talking, like every day, like full on being all about each other. Long story short, her side of the story was that it was just a friend and he was actually friends with the artist. And so a little fishy to me, I'm not gonna lie, a little fishy still to this day. And what happened was I left that show pretty angry and we kind of got in a little fight that night over texting, obviously. And then the next day I went rock climbing for the first time. Fast forward to today, rock climbing is like one of my favorite hobbies. I do it at least once a week. But for the first time I went rock climbing and I went rock climbing with my friend Hunter. And, uh, and I'm texting her, like the fight spilled over, like we fell asleep and then we woke up the next day, kept fighting. Uh, so the fight spills over and we're texting during rock climb, like in between climbs, I'm like texting back and forth and I'm just like, ah, I just can't believe you would do this. And then eventually she sends a text that you never want to get. And it says, I think we should, uh, I think we should break up. And 
happened, I immediately went from like fighting, fighting, fighting to like a dog turning over on its back, like, no, like, don't leave. Cause I'm just an emotional sap. And I totally was sad. My mo- my whole mood changed. I was out in the middle of like the mountains, like having fun climbing. And I immediately was just like, life sucks. Everything sucks. I hate it. And Hunter being a great friend of mine, said hey what's going on like I, like what's going on and I told him I was like look this person broke up with me uh, and I this this is a side note I've never exposed a single person on this podcast and I could I could I got hey the the it's there it's locked and loaded but I'm not going to by the grace of God <laughs> back to the story so uh, I told him yeah she broke up with me and I don't know why I thought he was going to be the type of friend to be like, oh man, like, come on, give me a hug. Let me, let me console you. Like, she's not worth it. She's this, she's that. I was so wrong for thinking that that was going to be Hunter's response. By the way, if you don't know Hunter, Hunter March, uh, he's the host of Sugar Rush on Netflix. He's one of the hosts for Nightly Pop on E! He and I met at Awesomeness TV. He's an incredibly funny guy and uh, and one of my oldest friends. That being known now, I'm sure you can put two and two together, that he just started a whole stand-up comedy set right then and there. Uh, that it was directly just making fun of our relationship, making fun of the fact that I was this heartbroken over a two-month little fling. It was just joke after joke after joke after joke. Everything from, like, how could you be this infatuated with somebody after two months, which is, like, my was my specialty until until my Love versus Lust episode where, uh, where we broke down um, that that's just lust. It was really, like, at first I was kind of like, dude, not right now. Like, now's not the time. I'm sad. I'm like, emo. I want to listen to Adele. It like it started slowly turning into like, oh, it was pretty funny. And then I, by the end of it, I'm like laughing out loud. Like I am crying. We end up going to lunch afterwards with his dad. And he's, he tells his dad. His dad gets in on the joke, starts making more jokes. Everybody's joking about it. And it really like at first I thought to myself that I wasn't giving myself enough time to be sad about it. But in reality, they just took something that really wasn't, you know, in the big picture that big of a deal and made it lose its weight. Like they lost the weight of this heartbreak that I was feeling. And in reality, it made me laugh at myself for being like, yeah, why was I so caught up on this on this girl? Why? Like it was that. It's nothing. Like it really means nothing to me, and uh, and it was it was really cool. It was the first time that I ever truly experienced laughing through the pain. You know, a lot of people say humor is the best medicine, and and all of those things. So that got me thinking: How much pain can you really laugh through? What's up, friends? It's Alex. This is Let's Get Into It. It's my podcast where I talk about life and uh, the things that I go through and my friends go through um, on an everyday basis. I am very fortunate to have two great guests with me. Uh, One of them I know and one of them I'm about to know really, really well. All right. Our first guest is Steve Bazalone. He is a producer and writer for celebrated shows like Community, which right now in quarantine you can find on Netflix. And Meet the Goldbergs. His film, The Long Weekend, is set to come out later this year, and he's now my new favorite human on Earth. Steve, how are you? Uh, well, uh, doing doing well now that I now know that I'm someone's favorite human. I mean, that's a big honor. So I feel like I'm not the only person who's who who places you as their favorite human right now. Family, uh, friends. Yeah, I think my dad and I've got a new puppy, so I'm probably on the short list. Oh, for puppy! That, oh my so. goodness, the puppy is yeah, guaranteed yeah. has you as like his top ten favorite people. Like you are all oh. ten in in different different times of the day. 
I think so. But I think also if she meets somebody else, like I drop immediately. Like it's just it just whoever's in front of her, that's her favorite human. So it's like it's doesn't it doesn't carry as much weight as you'd want it to, you know? Ugh. Well, speaking of puppies, I have some there's somebody here that I love, like a puppy loves its owner. Uh Karen Ehrlichman, my wisdom tree, one of my very, very dear friends. Karen, how are you? I am doing pretty well today, Alex. Thanks so much for asking. If you are not familiar with Karen from our previous episodes, Karen is a therapist. She is one of my very, very good friends who just has always given me good information on things. So I love having her on my show. Steve, you don't know this yet, but I have a question that I ask all of my guests. And that question is, what are you doing to improve your life this week? I'll give you some time. I'll go first. I do workouts where basically it's somebody telling me what to do. So it's a video of a workout or a P90X video or a Peloton exercise. Um, And this week I wanted to try and practice my discipline uh, when it comes to somebody not telling me what to do to just try and go and push myself as far as the coaches push you on the videos. I don't know if that makes sense. And, And that's what I got for this week. Karen, what you got for us? Um, my self-improvement this week is not quite as exciting, but I have been wiping down all of my groceries before I bring them in the house because we're recording this during pandemic. And I literally have just like had the little container of wipes at the door. So before I just literally wipe them off before I bring them in. And then I feel not only safer, but better about myself. All right, Steve, you have something for us? Uh, yeah, I think mine is like the inverse of yours because I was doing <laughs> workouts by myself and okay. I was like, you know, you do it and it's you know, something that could take a half an hour. It takes an hour and a half because you're looking at your phone, you play with a dog, whatever. So I'm doing now like the virtual workouts that is just beating the hell out of me. And uh, that and like trying to get up before nine. I feel like those are the two things that like, you know, starting your day with some oomph, get some momentum going. I think that that's perfect. I think that that's, uh, I feel like for me, the reason why I wanted to try pushing myself was because I I had kind of locked in listening to somebody and knowing, okay, this is the time that you work. And I now know what it takes. I know what it feels like, I guess, but I definitely can find myself when I work out on my own with nothing, just being on my phone or cat like somebody calls and i'm like "Ah, i'll just take a quick little break and then it's like a 30 minute break yeah exactly and i go okay third set mm-hmm. well thank you for sharing that I'm, I'm very very glad i hope that that is uh that breeds a successful um workout regime but today i'm going to start with this quote to truly laugh you must be able to take your pain and play with it that's charlie chaplin right there i just found that out um but today we're going to be talking about dealing with uh trauma and healing from it through humor steve you and i are going to go first we're going to hang out talk about life and what's going on karen we'll talk to you in a bit and uh, and then lastly we're all going to hang out and talk about laughing the pain away i guess so let's get into it Steve, you actually have experience um, dealing with your personal life, your job and your friends, but also handling some pretty traumatic, serious things in your life. How did you manage that? And and can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I I think um, everybody has their shit. It's just dressed up differently. And I think the only thing that makes me what, what I feel like it was like it felt like an onslaught of things that happened to me. And I think it's the same kind of stuff that's coming for everybody. It just happened to me very quick in quick succession. And I was younger. I was um, I got diagnosed with a thing called ulcerative colitis when I was 22. And then I spent the better part of the next decade, like just in and out of hospitals and sick and uh, uh, quite, quite literally shitty my brains out. And it was, you know, it was one of those things that was just like a very 
frustrating because you see you're what are, you're you're a young man. What are you, twenty four or something like that? Twenty four, right on the head. I nailed it, nailed it. You should like, you, you should know. go you should go be at the the carnival where they go. If I guess your age and it's not right, I will give yeah, yeah. you a prize. That I mean Sorry, that continue. feels that feels like a good career, a good shift for me. I got that in my back pocket at least. But yeah, so I, I was diagnosed with this thing, and I spent like uh, eight years kind of sick and in and out of hospitals. And uh, at the worst of it, I weighed like eighty five pounds and was just uh, just a bag of bones. But then, you know, finally, after trying every treatment and treatments didn't work, I finally made the decision to just get my colon removed because it was like the only technical cure for it. Um, and it was, uh, it's, it's not, I'm surprise, surprise. It's not a great time to have your colon removed. It's not fun. So it was like just one of those things that I think it is. Um, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine shortly after I got out of the hospital, after I got, I, I finished all of these things, he had had, uh, cancer when he was very young. And I felt like while they're wildly different experiences, it was still, we had like the commonality, like the similar lexicon of like young disease, which I feel like most people don't have. It was particularly frustrating because I was like 25, 26 and like slowly dying. I would see my friends treating their bodies like trash cans, like eating like Jack in the box for breakfast. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's all I want. All I want is treat my body like a trash can. <laughs> Um, but I remember him saying like the, when he was in the, he remember he was in the hospital and he, he had this, uh, this revelation of being like, I am never going to complain about traffic ever again. Like something so minute and so small, it's never going to bother me again. But like, the truth is that's bullshit. Like, of course it's going to bother, it's course it's going to bother you again because that's a luxury. That's like such a gift. The important thing is to remember that like that it can bother you because it's, it's important to you. It's messing up your day. It's just important to remember the perspective to rise above that and to remember that it's trivial. So I had that, and then I had a bunch of other things. I had a, a, a couple of deaths and a, and a public divorce, and it was just all compounded in the course of, like, three years. For me, I feel like when you go through that stuff, it is one of two. It beats you up. It beats you up pretty good. And I think mm -hmm. you can have two reactions. It can either calcify you and harden you and turn you into, like, a mollusk. Mm. Or it can, or it can tenderize you like a, a piece of meat. Okay, and that's I perfect right I, there. I want to yeah. ask about that because you hit Please. that point, obviously. And I think a lot of us, when we have traumatic experiences, when we go, "God damn, dude! Like, I can't get, I can't catch a break. What am I gonna do? Like, mm -hmm. you know what? Fuck it, I'm done, or whatever." And I've definitely felt that. And and as you're mentioning, you clearly felt that with the the onslaught of just roadblock, 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 roadblock. When you hit that point, like you've mentioned, where you can either go left, you can go right. If you go left, it's it is eternal, just callous or you mm -hmm. go right and you can break through it and you work through it and you laugh through it and you become better and stronger through it. When did you hit that? Like, is was there a defining point that you hit that? No, I don't think so, because I think it's, you know, it's um, it's it's like a, a story outside of like, you know, a book and a movie uh, stories never end really right like right. i can tell the story of a romance i had and it the romance ended but like that doesn't mean our relationship or how it affected me stops it continues to evolve and i feel like that's what it was for me like every like there'll be some days where like you know i feel pretty okay it's like it's akin to what we're going through now like this weird quarantine shit like sometimes yeah. like, i'm fine and other times i'm like oh my god existential dread and other times i feel like a teenage hornball like it's just all these things 
confluence happening at once. I'm so, so glad feel, that you just validated every feeling I felt over the last month and a half. It's it's wild. I mean, for me, it feels like I feel like myself, and then I feel like I'm 80 years old looking into the abyss, and then I feel like I'm 13, and it's just like just getting into the weird stuff. But I <laughs> I feel like I feel like so it wasn't it wasn't like a specific moment, right? I think right. it was just like over time, you just kind of have to acquiesce to your reality. Uh, and I think that's like a big thing that I kind of learned is that recognizing that something is going to be shitty immediately makes it less so. Because mm. I feel like if you Ooh. just even, if you just acknowledge that like, okay, this period, this next three months, like I remember going into the op my operation being like, this is gonna suck. And instead of just being like trying to fight against it, just like letting that wash over you because so much of suffering is struggling against shit. So yeah. it's like the suffering is like to fight against what your reality is. And as much as that's, it's much easier said than done. But I think if you're just able to be like, ah, oh, this is gonna suck. And as long right. as I know it's gonna suck, somehow it sucks less. Yeah, like I feel like sense? embracing, I feel like embracing the suck is like what is one yeah. of my my favorite tips. It's like with working out, like I know a workout's going to yep. suck. Like nobody can go, hell, oh, this workout's going to feel really nice on my quads. Like it's not no, a thing. You're, you're going to want to die for a moment. And that's exactly. like, that's part of it. So I think embracing the suck is super big. Um, and and that, I, I think the way that you can tailor your mind to go, okay, this is going to suck. This might even be the worst thing in the world. And then mm -hmm. it doesn't be the worst thing in the world it ends up being kind of just a sh shitty thing and then you're kind of like oh it wasn't as bad as i thought i thought it was going to be the worst thing in the world um yeah obviously you're a funny ass human being you you write for one of the funniest shows uh to date um but through this process which you mentioned was years and years and years of dealing with your health and and the deaths and and all of the traumatic experiences you know i i love um pete davidson uh, Pete mm -hmm. Davidson talks a lot about how his father died in 9-11 and he makes a lot of jokes about it that make a lot of people feel uncomfortable. And uh, I remember seeing an interview of him talking about that's how I deal with it. Obviously, sometimes it's a bit easier to laugh about something after the fact. But how did you find humor when you were in the midst of your pain? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, I think it kind of goes back to uh, the way you're hardwired from like a young age. Like I you know, was an only child and like probably hit puberty later. So like I found like, oh, if I am funnier, this is a way of gaining acceptance. So it was like <laughs> always, it was always that that's kind of like wired into me and I have like a funny family. So like that was kind of there. And it's also like early on, it was a way of deflecting, right? It was a mm -hmm. way of like not acknowledging the reality because you're marginalizing it. But then right. over time, it also became a way of to like the Pete Davidson thing. Like if you joke about it, it may make some people uncomfortable, but it also it also it puts it out there on the table. It mitigates it and it shows like mm -hmm. if you're able to laugh about it, if you're able to find funny about something that is like truly maybe horrific and that like to really sit in that feeling is going to be uncomfortable. But to mm -hmm. just add any sort of levity, I think, is like really uh uh, great. And I think to like the, the Charlie Chaplin quote that you brought, like, I mean, I don't know, anytime like I see like any sort of, uh, 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 I read like a very heavy maudlin book or see a movie or a TV show that's like drama with a capital D, it just does not work for me. Because like, I feel like, wh what reality, like some of the hardest times I've laughed are like at funerals or like in the hospital and shit like that. Cause I, because that's when you're feeling it's like Icarus. You're flying so close to the sun. You're sprinting. So like all the colors are more vibrant. 
and you feel like more alive, even if like you're closer to death. So that's like when you're experiencing this catharsis of all the emotions. Mm. It's all just it's all just released. Like crying is released in the same way that that laughter is released. So I think they're like hand in hand. Um, and it's also it just it just makes it it's just a for me it's just a better way of like living. Like I know when I was when I was like eighty five pounds or something and like looked rough, but like my go to kind of joke would be like, yeah, I look terrible. But my dicks never looked bigger because the rest of me is so tiny. <laughs> and it's like a dumb, very stupid joke. But it's also uh, like a way of like just being like, okay, it's okay. Like there's like a silver lining here. And it also like, you know, speaks to my very adolescent sense of humor. But it's, you know, I think if you do that, it just shows other people that like, that it's okay. I mean, like, I, you know, after my mother died shortly after all this stuff and people would always be like, just... Uh express sorrow and solitude and just be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And just be like, I'm pretty sure it's not your fault. You're not Mr. Cancer. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just like, I just think it's just a way of just normalizing and allow people to talk about it. And if they can have a release, then it, it, it lets them in into the room and lets them into the conversation without feeling you have to tiptoe. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I, I've that heard that sense. like, yeah, absolutely. I, one of the things that I heard was like when you, when you can laugh about something, that's how you know the problem is behind you. Um, but I, I don't know how I feel about that because I agree with you that sometimes my most traumatic experiences that I've dealt with with family issues or money issues, being broke, whatever, breakups and everything, the the way that I got through them was because I have friends who keep it real with me all the time and that just make so many jokes that were all too soon. But at the same time, there was like it was the, you know, the main thing that made me feel better about it. And so when you uh, when you can laugh about something, the problem may be still with you, not necessarily behind you, but uh, uh, once it's behind you, I think it definitely makes it easier to laugh about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the only danger in that is like if you're just only laughing and you're not like actually acknowledging what you're really feeling. So I think uh -oh. it's, it is a delicate line. We're gonna have to um, talk about that with Karen too, because that's, yeah, that's yeah. a very good point that I didn't even think about. Yeah, I mean, I always thought of it uh, like this is like a, a, a story that I, I think I tell people like and they're like, why would you do that? But like right after right after my mom, it was at Christmas. It was right after my mom had passed and I uh, drove home. I'm from Pittsburgh originally drove home and everybody my family was out like doing Christmas things. And I just uh, filled up like a, a, a flask with a bunch of bourbon and I went to see that movie Wild, the Reese Witherspoon movie, like Christmas Eve by myself in a theater. It was totally empty. And it's a movie that all about like loss and and cancer and like going uh. through like tough shit. And like everybody's like, why would you do that? Why would you keep on? And for me, it's like there's the adage of um, uh, if you're from like the East Coast and you drive in like inclement weather, like especially like if you were in snow, the instinct, if you ever hit like a patch of ice, your natural instinct is to turn against it. But in fact, you'll lose traction and then your car will skid more. So what the what you're told to do, even though it's against your instincts, is to lean into the skid. And I feel like that's something that I've learned a lot from is like, just don't run away from those feelings. They may be like, they may be tough to get through and you're goopy and it's weird, but it's going to invariably, I think, help you in the long run just to be like, oh, I'm feeling feelings. Let's have a, an excuse for catharsis and let all this shit out. Oh man, this reminds me of my friend. Like I literally got dumped over text and he immediately Oof. was like, he was taught, he was just making jokes. Like it, it was, there was no time in between as soon as I got dumped and him making jokes and to me, it really helped me laugh my way through. I was crying, but I was laughing and I was crying and then laughing and it was both and I felt it and I went through it. 
it really helped me um, as somebody who kind of had a lot of time practicing that concept of healing trauma with laughter. Have you ever done that for somebody else? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so. Because I think it's also um, after you've been through, I think, a lot of tumultuous things, you just have that perspective. I remember when I was younger and I had a friend of mine who whose mom died like this was in in college. Uh, and I was just like, oh, my God, I don't know how to wrap my mind around that. But then after going through it myself, I was like, oh, it, yeah, it sucks, but it's just another it's just another thing. And it kind of gives you carte blanche to like be a little bit more flippant about it because you've been through it and you know what that's like. And I know I remember um, years ago I was I was married and this was the woman who like very much like kept me uh, alive while I was like very sick. Uh, mm. And then shortly after we got married, she came to realize that, in fact, that she was uh, gay. So, you know, it's hard to maintain a relationship under those circumstances. So we invariably split up and it be, was like this kind of like public thing. But a buddy of mine who was like one of my best friends, my shout out is this guy, Dan. Uh, everybody else didn't know how to deal with that because it felt uncomfortable and it was a difficult thing to talk about. But like the first time he saw her after this happened, he was just kind of like, so it's fucking really weird. You're gay now, right? And like that was immediately like she was able to laugh at that because it was like everybody else was tiptoeing around it. And instead he just like came at it front, you know, face on and just like recognized like this is weird. And that's the way she was feeling. That's the way I was feeling. And just like putting that voice in the room was like, this is so much more comfortable than just like, you know, doing the thing at the wake. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You have to just tiptoe and do like all these hushed whispers as opposed to just being like, yeah, life is weird and messy. And sometimes it's OK to be weird and messy. And it's funny that it's weird and messy. How big of a difference do you think it made to have Dan there to actually help you get through it versus dealing with this runaway train of grief by yourself? Well, I think it's, I think there's a couple of things. I think it's nice when somebody uh, is able to give voice to that because it's a mirror for perhaps what you are feeling and it allows you to, to express the same thing. But I think the notion that like, the, I think in those circumstances, when it is like around laughing through pain, I think the thing that makes it like, um, can be like really beautiful and such a release is humor with kindness. You know, it is not like it is not like the 90s kind of like uh, sardonic, sarcastic, like biting kind of humor, like the things that like, you know, are ubiquitous on Twitter. It's just like just kind of like we're laughing, but it's like it's done with an overarching umbrella of love behind this. Right. And I right. think I think that's what makes it um, successful. I mean, I think it's any sort of mean spirited shit just out the window. And I think that's like a big thing that getting back to like you turn into a, a calcified mollusk or you're more tender. I think right. that's the biggest shift in me is like, I think I used to be a little bit more egocentric and a little bit more like sarcastic and I had a little bit more bite to my jokes. And I think there's just less of that now because it's like, yeah, man, I got, I got beat, I got beat up and it could happen to any of us at any minute again. So oh, let's just lose, let's just lose like some of the, like the, um, the, the measuring sticks and let go of some of like the ego and the jealousy and it's still there. All that shit's still there. You're still going to complain about traffic, but it's like, hopefully you remember like <laughs> a little bit that like, we're all in this together in some capacity. But having gone through all of those traumatic experiences, what would you say to the listener who's still going through something about what it feels like to find that healing and really get to the other side? You know, I think... I think like the notion of like uh, um, coming through it is a little bit of a misnomer. Like I feel like 
I I got through the illness and I got through the the the, the nascent days of mourning uh, of both a relationship and a and a, a, a death. Um, and I think there is like strength in that. Like I remember there was a point in time where like when I was. 90 pounds or whatever i still feel like i am the strongest motherfucker alive because i'm getting through all of this but i feel like uh all of those things are evolving like to what i was saying earlier like a story just doesn't have an end point like yes i i am no longer knock on wood sick and i am through the pain of um a bunch of loss but it doesn't mean that it's not over you know like my um you know, I lost I lost my mom uh, five, five, six years ago, I guess, and I still feel like that relationship is continually evolving because, like mm -hmm. now, like I will be thirty nine. Woof! I'll be thirty nine in like a month, and like that just like it, it now allows me to see like what I have now the perspective like what was she going through at that same age? You carry all these things, these like these scar tissues that I think that you develop over the years that at one point, like I have literal scars from all these operations. And at one point they were like mm -hmm. early on, they were, I was very uh, self-conscious about them and felt like weird. And now it's just like, I don't even think about it. And it's like, and if anything, it's a point of pride because it's like a merit badge of like a boy scout. Like, look at all these things that I earned. And these are yeah. the things that I think make me interesting and make me, for lack of a better word, like make me special. They are the things that uniquely make me me. Am I over them? No, because they're always like it's always evolving, and it's like I have I have a this this puppy I spoke of earlier. I uh, yeah you know, yeah I rescued her like shortly before all this shit went down. Like having like a puppy and quarantine is a little bit wild, especially two weeks ago that puppy had a UTI. Oof. Oh Jesus my Christ. goodness! Poor a fucking puppy. puppy with a UTI. Like I had to pee like every thirty seconds. It was a rough Ugh. like forty eight hours. But she's like wonderful and she's teething, which drives me nuts. But she has like a bum leg and it's like a, a birth defect. And, you know, went to a bunch of specialists and they were just all kind of like across the board. Like, you just get rid of the leg because it's going to mess up her spine in the long run. And it's also she'll be more mobile because it just kind of like it doesn't do much. She uses it for support sometimes. The point of this is that she is going, um, taking her tomorrow morning to get it amputated. And mm. it's even though like I know it'll be better for her, it's still like, it's my buddy, but more than anything, it's like, so I realized cause I got this news like this morning that it's like so triggering, uh, for me to like, think about having to go to like a hospital and remove a major part of your body. Mm. So like, that is like, that is something that happened to me eight years ago, but just like having to do this for my little friend, like just flattens time and makes me feel like, yes, I'm through that, but it's still like in me and just like getting oh. emotional now, just like talking about like, the same thing. It's just like, it's it just, you know, like in the way that you hear a song and it takes you back to like when you were in middle school and you remember in some high school dance, like end of the road or whatever the fuck, it just like flattens time. But it did the same thing for me. As soon as I like realized I didn't have to do this thing tomorrow morning, it reminded me of eight years ago, getting up at five in the morning, driving to Glendale, which nobody wants to do at five in the morning <laughs> to like do my operation. So it's like, these things are like always in you and they're always existing. I think the notion of like, I'm over it is kind of true, but it's just, it's also like you're doing, I think, a disservice to recognize like, well, I dealt with that and I moved on. I think that's, I think that's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I think, well, one, what's your puppy's name? Uh, Jenny. She's very Jenny. sweet. Well, yeah. Jenny is, is, and like you had just typed in Karen, Jenny is the luckiest little puppy that she has 
uh, a dad like you. And, and I am currently praying. I hope when, by the time that everybody hears this podcast, she's going to be the fastest three legged dog I've ever seen on, on oh, she'll earth. Be great. But, yeah. um, but right now I'm praying that she has a very successful, quick and, and painless process. And honestly, dude, thank you so much for coming on my show, meeting me for virtually the first time and, uh, and, and being so open and talking through this for me, especially, I see somebody who's dealt with loads of stuff and not that anybody, not that it's a ever a contest of who's dealt with more shit, but seeing somebody who's dealt with a lot of shit and made the life that they've made and been a light for other people as you've been through your friends and family all the way to people who watch the shows that you write on um, and seeing that process from A to Z that you've been through hell you come out of hell you've you consistently still battle your your problems that every human being has as well as the problems that are completely unique to yourself uh, i just i really do appreciate um that you came on and you are so open with me man thank you oh for sure man i mean i years ago when i felt like a little bit a little rudderless and felt like i needed an outlet like i similar to this like started a podcast where it was just like talking to other funny people about terrible things that have happened to them and I just learned through that, just like just being open and vulnerable and just everybody's got like when I said earlier, like everybody's got everybody's has the same shit, just dressed up differently. Like everybody has something. It's just a different set of circumstances. And they may all be like some of them may just be like first world problems, but they still break your heart. And it's still a unifying thing. So I think just being open and vulnerable about it makes us all feel less alone. Oh, man, absolutely. And I'm going to need the name of this podcast because it sounds like something that I'm absolutely wanting to listen to right now. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to be speaking with Karen about humor as therapy. Don't go anywhere. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, friends? It's Alex. We are back. Uh, I just had an amazing conversation with Steve Bazalone, but now I'm here talking to one of my really, really good friends, Karen Ehrlichman. Um, she's also a therapist. And so, Karen, as a therapist, do you have a psychiatric explanation for why we turn pain into humor? Absolutely. There's a category of behaviors or coping strategies, if you want to call it that, called defense mechanisms. So that's kind of the, I'm making little air quotes here, like the official term um, for things we say and do that help um, we defend ourselves, right? We protect ourselves by doing these things. And sometimes they're healthy and sometimes they're unhealthy, depending on like how old we are and what the situation is. And humor is one of those defense mechanisms or coping strategies. 
Mm, okay. Uh, so what what is it? I guess like you had said, this it is a defense mechanism. But what actually happens when you're laughing, like in your brain? Like what is the process that actually makes it easier to deal with problems? Well, I wish I were a neurologist so I could tell you like exactly what part of the brain lights up when we laugh. But I do know that we release certain hormones and um, biochemical mechanisms get activated when we have laughter, like laughter and humor are not just something that we say or think, but like the physical feeling, like if you've ever had that feeling where you're laughing so hard where you feel like you're going to have to go to the emergency room where you're just like, you know, like your stomach's hurting or you're, you know, you're, you sound like a goat or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's a very physiological thing. And there is something about that release and, you know, like animals laugh, right? Babies, grownups, like you, you can see it in other people and in yourself. Right. And and like you had said, not only even mentally, but physically, it also helps us. Laughter stimulates your organs. It positively affects our breathing, our oxygen intake. It brings more oxygen into our lungs. Our heart actually starts to pump a little more strongly. We breathe all of that oxygen and energy into our muscles. It's a stress reliever, but literally like releasing the stress, like our body relaxes into that. The stress response is a natural system in our body. I sort of think of it like a washing machine. It's like you turn the wash cycle on and then you cycle through to completion, right? There is something that happens where you're like literally cleaning yourself out when you're, you know, crying is similar, but it's not as fun where you have that sense of kind of being cleared <laughs> out and cleaned out and your circulation is increased and, you know, you're your spine relaxes and like all of those things happen. Like how many people have Googled laughing baby videos? Yeah. Babies are the best at laughing. Babies are top tier laughers. Yeah. How was that for you, Uncle Alex? Uncle's, oh man, Uncle Alex just loves it. There's nothing better than making my niece laugh. Um, and, and you mentioned, like you said, so many physical things that happen positively, so many mental things that happen positively when you're laughing, especially when dealing with trauma. But I also know that there is a line that can be crossed over that Steve actually mentioned a little bit where you can almost uh, laugh too much or, or you can try and search for too much humor when dealing with trauma. Can you can you speak on that, on how humor can become harmful? Right. Well, sometimes, so it's one thing to laugh at yourself, right? So where we have actually control over it, like to use humor at, to cope with our own suffering. Right. When someone makes an inappropriate joke to us about our own suffering, depending on who that person is and what they say, it can either be very comforting or it can actually be quite painful. So some of it is depending on the context. Um, and or somebody can say, like, I'd I'd love to cheer you up, you know, like to ask somebody like, you know, how can I support you? And sometimes you do want to be cheered up or comforted by having somebody tell you jokes or, you know, make light of things or, you know, make funny faces or what have you. So I think some of it has to do with whether it's wanted or unwanted and who it's coming from. But I, I think even more so, um, I'll rephrase my question, okay. which is if you're only searching for humor, you're not I actually see. allowing yourself 
Um, that's something that Steve and I had spoke about a little bit because in my mind, I go, yeah, yeah, just laugh, 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 laugh. And Steve was like, no, not necessarily um, because you can really, you can make laughing a, a running away um, right. defense mechanism, not a healing uh, mechanism. And so I wanted to see how you felt about that uh, as a right. therapist. So if if humor is used as a form of denial or avoidance in a way where we're actually stuffing down painful feelings rather than releasing painful feelings, then I think it can be detrimental. And I don't think that there's like a formula, like you should have like 50% seriousness and 50% laughter. Like I, I think it's different for everybody, but I think there are some ways where you can imagine somebody being like, well, what are you going to do? Where you can tell when somebody's it kind of goes back to our earlier episode about like when a friend is suffering, what should you do? Like, it's mm. not just about yourself, but if like someone you care about is going through something hard and every time you try to talk to them about it, they make a joke about it. There might be a certain point where you say, dude, you know, I noticed that you keep avoiding this painful topic by making jokes about it. What's up with that? Like, sometimes you need to say something like that or you need somebody Oof. to say it to you. That's a that's a tough conversation to have. That is a mm-hmm. definitely not an easy one to have. Um, but like you are mentioning now and you mentioned earlier, initiating the humor and, and the space in which humor is invited to dealing with trauma. As a therapist, what's your advice for somebody who's really going through it? And I know that they could use a good laugh. How can I get that? Right. Well, it's sort of like when somebody says they need a good cry you know, where you have like this feeling of like this pressure that's built up in you and you feel like I just need to get this out. So I'm I'm going to go like watch beaches or, you know, what I can't remember what the movie was that Steve mentioned earlier. But, you know, or I need a good laugh, especially when you're going through something like a loss or a traumatic event or an illness or whatever. When you think like, I actually don't remember the last time that I had a good laugh. And so that's a little different than the kind of defensive humor, but like actually seeking out opportunities. Like I need to go see some stand-up comedy or like right after nine 11, we went and saw Steve Harvey do stand-up. Like literally okay. it was like four days later or something. We had bought the tickets and it was like exactly what I needed. It wasn't only like have a little bit of escape because he actually did talk about the, the tragedy of nine 11, but also like, I needed to laugh so badly and it was such good medicine. Oh man, I, I can't tell you how good like a good stand-up happens when I you know or when I watch a good stand-up after a long day of just being stressed, or like you'd said, when something really, really serious happens and that first laugh afterwards where you're like, oh man, I needed that. Mm-hmm. I've had that a couple of times, even during quarantine, where I'm yeah. just stressed out of my mind and I'm like, dude. And then you watch like a stand up or you watch, you know, an episode of I think you should leave or you watch an episode of an old Saturday Night Live, not a new one. Um, and uh, and you just you kind of remember like, oh, OK, life isn't that bad. I just needed a good laugh mm-hmm. or life is that bad. But this laughter is going to help me get through it. Or, you know, like you said, all of the mental and physical things that that are positively working when you're laughing through that trauma, sometimes 
you just need to feel it. And then you go, oh my gosh, I need some more of that. I need a right. little bit more of that. I want to actually just talk to you now, though, as as a friend, uh, even though many don't believe it, you are a human being. You are not I know just it's a, shocking. Pure, a pure ball of, of light and energy who has gone through your own different traumatic experiences. Do you want to talk maybe a little bit about that? Just so maybe there's a listener out there that can really relate to it. Sure, absolutely. So about three and a half years ago, I lost my mom and it was a huge loss. She was an amazing person and you met my mom. It was, I've certainly have had other people I've loved and cared about friends and relatives who have died, but this was my mom. And I remember thinking before, even before she got sick, like, I wonder what it's going to be like when my parents die. Like all of my training and all my experience with grief and supporting other people, like I don't think there's anything that can emotionally prepare me for this. Like I had had that conscious, rational thought. And then when she did actually die, I was so unprepared. Like I knew I would be sad, but I was shocked. Like my body went into shock. To say I was sad would be an understatement. Like I kept thinking about like, when animals lose a family member or like if you own multiple pets and one dies and the the one that's left grieves like it felt it felt that primitive to me like what my grief was like mm. and so it was also right after the 2016 election most of the people in my life were really traumatized and so people were kind of checked out so there was not a lot of support there. I'm just going to mm. leave it at that. And this is interesting. It's like so unusual for me to talk about my own story because it's like a it's the cardinal rule that therapists. But, you know, there is a way in which like you what you said is true. Like I'm a human being and anybody who's gone to a therapist where they couldn't feel that that person was actually a human being like that's not a really good feeling. Like you want your therapist like. When you're the client, it is all about you. You don't want your therapist to talk about your problems, but you want to feel like the warmth of genuine empathy and compassion that comes with a therapist who actually like has their own lived experience. So it's kind of in the spirit of that that I'll share this. So I actually got very physically ill as part of my grief process. I could go to work, but I had these weird like I had this very weird like head and neck pain where I... I couldn't go hiking. And as you know, I live near the beach and I love to go hiking. I literally couldn't walk like more than two feet without like falling over. I had all this weird pain. I had to go get brain scans and go to all these doctors and they were worried I had a brain tumor and like all this crazy shit. And so I would go to the gym and sit on the stationary bike and I would literally like have to keep my head, my neck and my torso like completely still. And I would be listening to comedy podcasts and pedaling like a maniac and I'm like laughing and crying and all of this stuff. And um, eventually I saw a doctor who diagnosed me with atypical migraines, which basically means we have no idea what the fuck is wrong with your nervous system. So we're just going to call it atypical migraines. But I, one of those uh, comedy podcasts that I listened to was coming to San Francisco to perform in June. So I was in that state for like three months like where I was like that, where I literally like I couldn't walk. I had all this pain, blah, blah, blah. So a friend of mine bought me a ticket to the comedy show. So um, we went to the show. I had to like go in the theater in the dark an hour early and sit there quietly to kind of quiet my nervous system. And the 
comedian came out and literally for like two hours, I was laughing so hard. I was tears were streaming down my face. I was like the embarrassing, snorting, laughing person in the audience. You know, like I was just laughing so hard. And literally the next day I woke up and I was like 90 percent better physically. And my my first reaction actually was like, oh, man, people are going to tell me now that this was, quote, all in my head. Like I felt self-conscious, like as if what I had experienced wasn't real. But so I went back to the doctor and told him the story. And he said, oh, yeah, we have data going back to the Marx Brothers about how laughter can reset your nervous system and how good it is for all your organs and it gets your circulation restarted. And I said, well, why didn't you prescribe comedy for me? This is literally the conversation I had. I said, why didn't you prescribe comedy for me instead of that horrible medicine you gave me? And he was like, oh, I never thought of that. And I said, I hope you remember this conversation for the rest of your career. Like, I literally was like, (laughs) I'm pointing my finger. I was literally... So the end of this story, and then I'm going to take a pause, is that I internet stalked that comedian until I could find an email address for her producer. And I sent her an email and told her the whole story, like, my mom died, blah, 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 and I went to see your show, and now I feel so much better, and I just want you to know how how much you your work means to me, and thank you. And she actually emailed me back and sent me, like, the nicest email, and then she came to San Francisco to do a book reading because she has a book out. And so I baked her cookies and I have pictures, which I can give you if you want to put them up on the website. I have pictures. of That me is amazing. It was Phoebe Robinson from what Two Dope Queens. What a beautiful ending to that. I mean, you and Steve are both incredible, incredible examples of how you dealt with something and, and humor really became just a path to light, to being able to see the sun like on a hot day when the sun comes down and, and beats on your face. Karen, thank you for stepping out of the therapist's you know, chair and, and being my friend and talking to me about that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how both Karen and Steve have mentioned the involvement of friends in their traumatic experiences and how that really helped them get through or or start working through um, the traumatic experiences in their life. We'll be right back. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules Today, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now 
Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to Let's Get Into It. I'm Alex Iono, and we are talking with Karen Ehrlichman and Steve Bazalone. Both of you have given me an amazing insight into finding humor and finding light while dealing with traumatic experiences. For all three of us, in a traumatic experience, we have all had somebody that's there for us to help make us laugh or, or lighten the load or give us a path to looking towards light. 
And I want to talk about that kind of for a little bit. Um, Steve, you had mentioned that in the middle of a very, very elephant in the room type of situation, you had a friend who just laid it out on the table, knew you guys so well, knew knew everybody involved in the, in the experience that he could step out into maybe a little bit of something that might not have felt super comfortable for even him, but he did. And it made it a lot lighter. Uh, and Karen, the same for you, your friend bought you a ticket to a comedy show, which I'm sure you maybe at the time were like, fuck that. I don't want to do a con. I don't want to go to a comedy show. Like my mom, my mom just passed. Um, so I want to ask you both knowing that that's happened. How do you guys try to be better friends or be the best friend you can be? Um, when you see a friend who is dealing with a traumatic experience? I think that I, I, I took away from all of those kind of tumultuous times and I think that is I think hopefully made me a better friend is just trying to be consistent because I feel like, you know, it's very easy to show up for the big event right. when when there is an operation, when there is like a loss of a family member, when there is a breakup, because that's like when it is for lack of better words, like when it's, when it's, when it's juicy, when it's salacious, you know, you like, that's when you're reminded of like, oh, I should, I should show up now. And that's, and that is worth its weight in gold. But I feel like the times that are more difficult, and I think that I was more appreciative of are the people that continually checked in, like that checked in two weeks later, a month later, three months later, five months later, because, you know, it's nobody's fault, but we all have our own lives and we get back to those lives. So it's, it, it, you know, we tend to forget that like, while oh, right, it's not in our direct line of vision. It's still all encompassing for whoever is going through the tough time. So while it may not be like in the zeitgeist anymore, it's still a big facet of their life. That elephant, to use your words, is still very much in that room. Like I have a friend of mine who uh, was went through is going through like a split up and a divorce like uh, two months before she gave birth to a baby and she just gave birth to this baby a week ago and that's like a very difficult time especially in quarantine she had to have the baby alone in a room without a partner without any family and you know I've just been trying to like check in continually and it might just be like a hey how are you it might be like a dumb joke it might be whatever but just to continually just be like hello. I'm I'm here. I think that is the tr the thing that I've I learned that I think hopefully makes me a better friend is is just to be constant. Mm. Karen? Well, one of the things I learned because my experience unfortunately was that people really did not show up for me after my mom died. Now, partly as I said, they were I think people were so freaked out by the election and it was over the holidays and like all the reasons that people like didn't call and didn't bring chicken soup and didn't do all of those things, not because I don't have people in my life who love me because I do and I feel really grateful for that. But I realized that in some ways I'm like that strong friend that people don't feel like they have to check up on. And over time, not right away, but like in the last couple of years, kind of to your point, Steve, about how we keep working through these things over time. I thought, you know, I think that I, especially as a therapist, have a public persona that's like, I'm fine. I got this. I can handle it. I'm the person who shows up for everybody else. And so I realized I have to actually be a better communicator about saying, like, will you please check up on me? Will you text me? Will you like bring soup over to my house? Will you like, my mom's been dead almost four years. You can still bring soup to my house. It's not too late. And, and that going through that experience also made me the friend who will then 
like leave a message for somebody that says, you don't have to call me back if you don't feel like it. I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you because I don't want you to have to feel obligated. Like, oh, man, now I have to actually go return this phone call or send a text back. Like, don't fucking text me back if you don't feel like it. I just want you to know I love you and I'm here for you. That's that's actually perfect. I want to talk about that because I think patience is something that really comes into play when being a good friend. And like you had said, Karen, we've we did a whole episode about being there for your friends when they're having a hard time. It's not about, oh, it's my time. Here we go. I got to go make sure they're okay. And the amount of friends that I've had check in on me through this quarantine has been insane. And it's really pushed me to check in on all of my friends because I know that everybody, we're all in different walks of life. The patience that it takes to really be there for your friends and traumatic experiences, I think is something big. Like you had mentioned, Karen, stepping in and saying, hey, you don't have to call me back. I just want you to know I'm here with you. Um, I I care about you. I love you. If you need anything, let me know. I I love that. What do you guys think? Well, I want to say that there's also like no expiration date on kindness, you know, so like even if a friend has gone through something that happened a long time ago, you can always like just send them a text or actually old school, like mail them a card or send them flowers or whatever and just say like, hey, I just want you to know I care about you. I'm here for you, whatever it is. Like there is no expiration date. Yeah, I, I I think absolutely, and I think that's the same. The same is true of that, or or forgiveness, or anything. That's there's no expiry. It's never too late to to show up for somebody. Um, mm-hmm. But another thing I I kind of recognized while going through a bunch of stuff is like to not take things personally. I think the thing that you said, Karen, is is wonderful. Just to like, it's okay if they're not in a space to want to talk about or get back to you. That is fine. Don't take that personally. And then the inverse. I think to provide them the space to be like, I'm just here. If you ever need it, that's all I want you to know. But I also learned like the inverse is like, don't take it personally when people don't have the tools to deal with what you're going through. I think there was a couple of friends that I initially felt like hurt by that they were not there in the capacities that I needed them or I wanted them. Mm. But then I just recognized like, oh, okay, that's just a facet of their personality and their friendship that that is not going to be fulfilled. A thing that's not going to be fulfilled in this friendship. That doesn't mean it's a bad friendship or doesn't have value. It doesn't mean that they're like a bad person. It's just like I just don't count on them for that specific thing. And I think that is once you like kind of recognize that you can have a more successful friendship if you recognize like these people are very satisfying and very warm when I need emotional support. These people are great when I need just like a good time and a bonkers night, you know, like people, different people satisfy different things in the same way. They're like, you know, I want one Harry met Sally or I want beaches, you know, it's just like the, whatever you're in the mood for. <laughs> so like there's different facets to people's personality and to not take that personally. If people don't have the tools to always meet every one of your needs, cause somebody will invariably. And cause you're not going to have the tools to deal to meet every one of your friends needs. So I think if you just take any sort of umbrage out of the equation, if you take the, taking it personally out of the equation, it's just going to be, more successful in general and more healing process. I feel like by the end of this episode, we're going to have a sponsorship from the movie beaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Steve, thanks for bringing that. Thanks for bringing those, uh, those sponsorship dollars getting sky high. Oh, for sure. Beaches, here. they got to have um, a lot of money left in their marketing campaign. Oh, they got a lot. Years a lot ago. Yeah, yeah, their yeah. marketing fund, their marketing fund is a uh, super For sure. High. Bringing it back. Um, no, but I, I definitely agree with you. Being able to 
compartmentalize the, okay, when I'm dealing with this, I can count on a friend through this. And when I'm dealing with this, I can count on a friend for this. So I'm going to direct this one to Steve. Um, As somebody who's going through the thing, how does a friend know when it's time to start bringing in the humor? I think it just just follows someone's lead, I think. Um, For me, like, I am always ready to laugh. I, as you know, I, I think it is a little bit of deflection, but it's also processing because it's, there's, you know, to Karen's point, there is like catharsis in the laughter and the tears it's release. It's all fulfilling serotonin levels and it's releasing dopamine and all these things that are healing to your, to, you know, physiologically, but also just emotionally. I don't know. I think it's just along with like being consistent, just like to your point, just showing up and like being aware of just occupying whatever space that they need. I think, I think it's helpful if you can just kind of like normalize it, like the tiptoeing on eggshells. I think that will drive sometimes people crazy. Um, I know like Mm, a good friend of mine, you know, lost her dad in a pretty uh, traumatic way. And just the, like the, after a while, like the, the, the very sad sympathy, like, how are you? Like after a while, just got like, she just wanted to pull her hair out. Because it's just like, can we just not fuck? Can we just like talk about it? Like, I'm not a child. Like, it's not like, oh, you got a boo boo. And it's just like, it feels like there's infantilizing because people don't know how to (laughs) occupy that space. So I think just like, oftentimes just not treating it differently, like giving it gravity, gravity and giving it the the kind of um, importance that it merits is very important. But just to like, also just like recognize like, this is just a facet of life guess what we're all gonna fucking die we're all gonna have bad shit it just like it's your time and you're going through it and that sucks but we'll just talk about it normally and if that's you know i think that that that's helpful as opposed to wearing the kid gloves sometimes it's a mixture of letting the dealer of the pain take the lead and being Mm -hmm. like okay cool he wants to laugh about it but at the same time i totally get it when somebody comes and they go oh my gosh are you okay do you need anything and i'm like i need you to stop fucking treating me like i'm like a kid like i just want to somebody to make me feel uh normal because i feel like in traumatic experiences that's what i crave i crave to me like a person normal something just regular um i have one last question for both of you a quick question quick answer after everything that we've talked about today, do you guys feel like it should be the end goal for a human being to be able to laugh at their pain? I think being able to look at it without just a, a sense of heaviness and a, a sense of just bringing you down, I think that's the goal, just to process it in whatever capacity. If it's, if it's laughter and if you're able to laugh at it, I think that's fantastic. That works for me, and I, I would suggest that everybody, if you can get to that place, that's great. But I think just in general... The goal should be just to be able to process it and learn from it. I would say the goal is to be able to not necessarily laugh at your pain, but to laugh through your pain so that you can have both laughter and pain coexist, Um, whether that's about death or illness or global pandemic or whatever that suffering might be, that we have the capacity to laugh even in the midst of that suffering. Mm. Zing, zing. That's it. it. Period. Exclamation point. Print it. Send it off. Thank you both so much for for bringing your your stories, your energy, your wisdom, your knowledge. I really do appreciate you both. I'm excited for us all to laugh about um, whatever pain I go through next. (laughs) But uh, I want to take some time. I know there's a lot going on for you right now. So I want to take some time. I call it shameless promo. uh, And and I want you to just plug it all. Social media, what's coming next, the film, the shows, everything. Go. 
Uh, uh, what, um, I, I mean, I mentioned a podcast. I'm not really, I haven't done it for a while because it's purely a hobby and it got to a place where it started to feel like work. So now I only do it when it like, feels good, but it's called terribly funny. I think right now is maybe a good time to check it out. Cause it's all the things we're talking about. Uh, cause it's people just like how they found the humor and the truly terrible things that happened to them. Check that out if you want. Uh, eventually I'm finishing up a movie called Long Weekend that that'll be out at some point. It's got a stupid, amazing cast, uh, uh, with like Finn Whitrock and Zoe Chow and Damon Waynes Jr. and Casey Wilson. And it's, I think really, it speaks to all the things we're talking about. It's a lot of, um, emo, you know, navel gazing shit, but finding like a lot of optimism in spite of, uh, optimism and romance in spite of, uh, you know, life sometimes being really terrible. So that's that's what I got. Nice. And also, I'm working on a show Indebted on NBC. It's my buddy Dan's show. If that comes back for a second season, watch that shit. That's it. Shout outs to Dan. Dan Shout Levy. outs to Dan. And where can where can the people find you on social media? Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm on Twitter. Not much, but it's just S. Bazalone at Twitter. And my Instagram is also S. Bazalone. I am moderately involved. So if involved. you want to keep up with Steve, you got to you got to you got to be you got to be wildly involved with his moderately involved social yep. media and wildly involved with his wildly involved TV shows and movies. I love it, Steve. Karen, you're used to this. Give me the not so shameless promo. Okay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at KE Replenish or my website is karenerlichman.com. Woo woo! Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know you can find me at Alex Iono pretty much everywhere. It's the beauty of a weird last name. And I love you all. Let's get into it. This is another episode. We'll see you next time. Peace. Yo, what's up? It's Alex from the future. Uh, we recorded this episode a little bit ago, so I want to give you an update on Jenny the dog for all you dog lovers out there. Uh, Jenny's surgery was super successful. Jenny is perfect now. She's just the same perfect angel that you want her to be. Um, if you want to stay updated with her, you can go and check her out on Instagram at I'm Jenny the dog. Uh, go and give her some big love and tell her that we sent you here from Let's Get Into It. Love you guys. We really want you to get the help you need. So if you need help, please seek independent advice from a competent healthcare or mental health professional. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the podcast author or individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of iHeartMedia or its employees. This podcast should not be used as medical advice, mental health advice, counseling, or therapy. Listening to the podcast does not establish doctor-patient relationship with hosts or guests of Alex Iono, Let's Get Into It, or iHeartMedia. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Woof, that's a doozy. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent 
prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.